Hey, Zardis. Hey, Adam. Uh, hello, everyone out there. Should we do a clap to sync everything up? We don't need a clap. We're in the same place. And I bet even oh. if we tried it, we couldn't actually clap at the same, the same time. time. All right, you're right. Do you yeah. want to? Because we've tried this before, and you would clap on three instead of one, two, three, right, and then right, clap. Right, 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 right. No, you're going to mess this up on purpose. I can already <laughs> see with that look in your eye. You guys at home maybe can't see this, but he gets this like twinkle in his eye that, uh, that it I doesn't come see. across in the camera. Uh, I don't know, it's 4K camera, man. And we have so many lights. <laughs> so many lights. Um, yeah, it's like a light show in here. Uh, hey, everyone out there. This is CTF Radio. We're very excited to be back here to be talking with you all. Um, sorry it's been a long time, and we actually have, uh, I think, I think good reasons for that. Yeah. But, uh, it's something we're going to get into today. So uh, would you like to share maybe the best... Well, the best news for us, maybe, of course, there's people out there that are crying about this news. That's right. Maybe they're celebrating, maybe they're burning uh, our images in effigy. Yeah, we, we, uh, we took the CTF world by storm. That's a good way to uh, Dragged them through the storm for four years, and now the storm is over. The storm is over? What the does storm, that mean? The storm is over. It means that the, the order... The, the storm. The storm, yeah. The order has retired. Um, it was uh, pretty, pretty emotional, right? Like uh, announcing that uh, as the game was uh, slightly melting at the beginning there, <laughs> uh, but you know everything went went pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. Um, so of course, DevCon organizers they they go for um, several, a number of years, right? Anywhere from three to five. Why um, is that? Well, how come it's not like you just don't do this? Why haven't there been organizers for like a decade? Yeah, it's it's basically an enormous Especially amount. Especially because I think, sorry, the other mm-hmm. thing to think about, right, is there are, like, UCSB is put on the ICTF since, mm-hmm. I think, 2002, right? Yep. Plaid has been doing uh, Plaid CTF. I mean, PVP has been doing Plaid CTF for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a, one subtlety is that um, DEF CON is two CTFs. Right. There's DEFCON Quals and then DEFCON Finals, and, and both have different demands, mm-hmm. right? um, different demands uh, that basically force you to truly put on two CTFs and not like, you know, somehow, somehow double up on, on, on the effort or something. Um, so that's one problem. The other problem is uh, just that it's such a public event. Right, uh, everybody plays DefCon Quals. DefCon Quals is uh, one of the few CTFs like tweeted out by by DefCon to millions of followers, and then you had thousands and thousands and thousands of teams streaming in, and you have to try to figure out how to make a CTF that's approachable to all of them, enjoyable for the top um, hackers out and there. I think we actually have a calculation. I believe it's roughly. I have to go check this, but I think it's on the order of like five thousand teams, like just as a very basic. In terms no, of no yeah. deduplications, but over the over the four years we hosted, it's roughly five thousand unique team names. Yeah, and that's um, I'm trying to remember. That might even be just teams that scored. Yes. I think if you look at registrations, it's even more. Um, and it's it's. It's a lot of a lot of visibility and a lot of work, right? And then, of course, the finals um, has this standing as like the Olympics of hacking, right. and you know you mess something up, or s- there's there's some somebody that that feels slighted, and 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 everything 
gets very, very heated very quickly. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on that. Um, and there's this, in, in a very, in a way that I don't think exists for, at least I didn't feel existed when I was hosting ICTF. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's kind of the eyes of the world upon you, right? There was one time we moved the ICTF uh, the weekend before the ICTF was due to happen. We realized we won't be ready. We moved it a month back. Right? There was one person that was angry. They sent an angry email <laughs> that they, they had you know cleared their weekend yeah, yeah, or yeah, cleared which... their Friday, which, which sucks. But it's not even conceptually... Like, or like the year that we hosted ICTF, I think it was 2011, 2012. 12, yeah. When things just melted. Yeah. Like six, yeah. you know, three hours into the game. The infrastructure just, just yeah. It oh, just man. died. And so we had to like, we made the decision then to just call the CTF yeah. and cancel it. And we would do it later in, uh, I think like four months later or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and that happened a couple of times in, in, in ICTF history. And ICTF is there to experiment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes experiments go wrong. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, it's, it's it, when that happens with ICTF, of course people are, are bombed, but that's what is there for, that, that's accepted that, you know, in blazing new ground, uh, you're going to stub your toe. Mm-hmm. Con is expected to blaze new ground to an extent, because every CTF has to be original. You can't just copy last year's challenges, right? But at the same time, it's expected to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? And that's, uh, it's hard to, we didn't achieve perfection. I don't think anyone's achieved I don't perfection. Think yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, that pressure is there, that pressure that no matter what, Friday morning, there needs to be a world-class, like, on top of its game, game, you know? And it has to, it has to fly for however many teams flew to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. except for the pandemic, um, to participate. Yeah, and, 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 and there's a lot of stuff outside your own control even, right? Our first year, where we had 10 megabits, or, or was it 10 megabits for all yeah. the teams combined? Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty We bad. didn't know anything. We didn't know yeah. to talk to death. We didn't know that we should have gone to a goon to mm-hmm. get to the knock, to yep. then... Like they would be able to yeah. bump us up. And there's like, all of this event planning that right. that, that right. you know. Right. Thank God we have like we had people uh, you know working mm-hmm. in event planning on our team. Otherwise, it would have been insane. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but due to a miscommunication um, with uh, so so DevCon is a gigantic conference, right? There's there's uh, tens and tens of thousands of people that go to to DevCon, mm-hmm. and there's maybe a thousand people total involved in DEFCON CTF. It's, it's of course the flagship event, but uh, it's a small part. And so it can get lost in the noise um, if uh, you don't know as organizers to say, hey, hey, don't forget, don't forget. And so- We need this thing. Or we yeah. Need- so, so Thursday uh, midday, um, on our first year organizing, we looked at the CTF room and every team had one table and two chairs <laughs> for eight people. Uh, so you didn't think we could have just doubled them up like uh, lap sitting? It'd be like double stacked. Yeah, it's pair programming. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be... Um, could have invented the future. Definitely very memorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so, so that, that sort of stuff... Um, 
that stuff happens and you have to deal with it. Like on Friday morning, the fire marshal, who is uh, a um, kind of authority figure that makes sure that... Well, just kind of. You can shut down the whole event. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, like an uh, absolute monarch that yeah. goes in and says... Actually, if a fire breaks out in this room, everyone's going to die because you, you stuff like a million people and there's one door, right? Stuff like this. So the fire marshal shows up and uh, says, um, these, these cables, they're not triple taped. And this is, you know, Friday at 9.37 a.m. And then, As we walk into the room with <laughs> yeah. zero sleep. The game, yeah, exactly. Working uh, on, on, on uh, solidifying everything uh, all night. And suddenly we had to start taping things down and we couldn't let the teams in until... So it's, a, it's yeah. stuff like this. And all of it, you know, it adds up. The stress before, the stress during, um, the stress after. If, if uh, you know, someone's unhappy and, and, and now you have to do, um, you know, weeks of no sleep, this sort of uh, relationship management. Um, and I think the other thing that's different is, you know, I think about other CTFs like, let's say, HitCon, right? Mm-hmm. That has... You know, they do they do two CTFs, they do a qualification yeah, and then an in person event. And I'm you know, I'm trying to think about the differences. I think one of the key things is in many of those cases, the organization that's hosting the final CTF actually sponsors like bring pays for the teams themselves to come on site to mm-hmm. visit. And so I think there's a little bit less of a risk of like when things mess up, yeah, you're much maybe. more forgiving in that environment. Yeah. Whereas with like you had to pay your own way to get to DEFCON as a team, yeah. and then things mess up, like, on top of it being considered, you know, the, the Olympics. Also, yeah, I mean, let's face it, HitCon is organized by HitCon. They're, they're, they're great. Nice. <laughs> I know, exactly. That's what I was thinking about, all the, the teams yeah. that do, you know, two, two CTFs. I don't want us to seem that we're... Uh, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. I am shocked that HitCon has maintained the quality and the commitment and the, you know, for as long as they have. But uh, other organizers of, of other CTFs retire um, as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, now my mind is going blank on the, um, starts with a G. This is going to drive me insane. Yeah, I'm not going to cut it either, so we'll just um, stay here until you figure it out. Mm, just an hour of staring at Yavali. <laughs> so. The 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 the, the yeah, beast was in, uh, founded it. Uh, uh, you can just talk about in what Korea. It. Anyways, a major Korean CTM. I can't okay. believe my mind went blank. But that's because it maybe four or five years ago um, it uh, changed the organizers because it had been going mm-hmm. for some amount of time. And the organizers were done, mm-hmm. right? You have to move on. Um, you can't continue devoting um, that much time to an event. And uh, organizers changed changed over, and then it uh, at least that the first couple of years it took a while for them, those organizers yeah. to get. Um, which we're very uh, familiar with. Yeah, which a phenomenon we're very familiar with takes a little while to to hit your stride. <laughs> and the, the reality is, the way that these competitions are set up, right? DEFCON Qualls happens in spring, uh, late spring. DEFCON Finals happens in late summer. So all of spring, um, you are dedicated working on uh, DEFCON Qualls. Mm-hmm. Half of winter and all of spring. That all of summer, it's a mad rush. It's a pressure cooker of DEFCON Finals. And it's not just that 
um, that you know you have to work on DEFCON finals. All of summer is literally 100% spent yeah. Yeah. on DEFCON final stuff. All of your family time, all of your uh, work obligations get put on the back burner. So then uh, DEFCON happens in August, you come back and for us, the semester starts like a couple of weeks right later. after. Sometimes it's like the next week. Absolutely, we have, yeah. This year we happen to have like the start of the semester yeah. faculty meetings right yep. after. And it was just... So you have one week to relax and then it's back into the fire. But on top of the semester starting and classes starting up and having to teach, et cetera, et cetera. On top of that, you have an entire, not just the summer's worth of work that you've put off, but a summer's and a spring's worth of yeah. work that you put off because spring, of course, is also lost. Well, of course, it's 100% thing that actually happens is you just drop a bunch of balls in spring that yeah, never end up that never up. get picked up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so it's uh, it's it's just a, 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 a I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it uh, like our our DefCon experience. It's amazing being able yeah. to look back and say, hey, we did this. Mm-hmm. But oh man, that is tough. And it's uh, and a lot of sacrifices have to be made, right? Um, you know, family vacations over the summer that you just can't go to because hey, DefCon is in two weeks and we're in a critical position. And yeah, you know, I, I didn't go to a family wedding like a, yeah. a week. I think it was the week before. Yeah, when we were in uh, when yeah. we first went to Vegas, uh, all of us to meet there uh, first, and it's just like I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I just can't. Like, yeah, yeah. I just can't take that that time at this moment. Like it's so critical. It's that critical moment when everything starts exactly. to gel together. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's quite a commitment. Um, but because ideally, so the order of the overflow has retired. That means a new organizer has to rise up yeah. and uh, carry on that mantle, right? Um, so we don't want to scare them away. <laughs> you mean we've just been ranting? Because all we've been ranting long about exactly. how difficult it is. Um, so, so what? What I would like to think about: can we identify like the awesome, rewarding parts mm. of hosting DevCon? Yeah, I think. I mean, there's definitely. Um, I mean, there's the prestige, right? Like, like you know, you are. In sure. some way, it's a double-edged. It's point, a double-edged right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You can it, easily it, make or, I think you can easily make or break a reputation. That's right. That's, that's right. That's it's, you. You. There's the prestige if 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 you succeed, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, or even like people know your challenges, right? I think mm-hmm, that's the cool exactly. thing, and you can kind of help. You know, in some sense, and we even uh, you know thought about this from the start is. What do we think CTF should be like? So actually, since I've been thinking about, you know, the early days or whatever, mm-hmm. right? I mean, many of my early challenges were trying to, like, explore, hey, what is the, like, what I always found annoying is, I still find annoying is the siloing we do in CTF of, yep. like, mm-hmm. this is a pwn challenge, yep, this yep. is a web challenge, and I expect it to be like that. And if, or this is a crypto challenge, and if ever there's any like reversing involved in a crypto challenge, people lose their effing minds. Yep. Which guess what? When you have to analyze a crypto algorithm, it's not going to be embedded in a piece of firmware. It's not going to be in a Python script. It's yeah. not a freaking uh, exactly a piece yep. of firmware or embedded in a binary. And so that's kind of what what I try to do with the um, with some of my early challenges was 
like exploring the barrier between styles yeah. and that led to a lot of the early stuff of uh, mixing web with with binaries and so it's not just one it's yeah. really the combination of the others and you did the same thing with your with your machine learning challenges yeah yeah the machine learning i mean especially this year i had a machine learning crypto mm-hmm. right um blend that i think worked out as a blend i think it hit the spot of a lot of teams solved it in the machine learning way and i think one team that i know of solved it purely in a crypto way mm. that was awesome because yeah. they, they just you know they knew crypto they treated the ml as a black box they just analyzed the ml crypto algorithm. yeah and then other teams knew ml mm-hmm. or at least the players that and then and that worked out um that was super cool um but it's definitely a difficult difficult pitch you know these sort of uh mixed uh genre challenges yeah you're taking a risk i mean that's kind of the thing whenever you're if you just do if you do basically exactly what the old organizers did or your last game it's going to be you already know kind of what that's going to be and actually you probably know it'll be better because you did it before you'll probably be better at it yeah yeah um so trying to take new swings with like uh, when we added I guess King of the Hill to DEF CON, like it's been done before, but it hadn't been done in DEF CON before, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like an ML styles yep. of challenges. You definitely run some risk there of running aground, but that's that's kind of, I mean, like our whole DEF CON experience was a reflection of who we and our team are, right? Yeah, it, 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 it's that, and it's also a reflection of us, our learning process mm-hmm. too, right? Um, I wanted to make ML challenges because mm-hmm. one, I felt that ML is an emerging field that that uh, security of which is going to be more and more critical, and I wanted to explore that through CTF. But two, I wanted to learn adversarial ML. Right? I mm-hmm. I the, the yeah, yeah. I don't think any single challenge taught me more. I would make may, maybe some exceptions, but but uh, smart crypto that ML crypto mm-hmm. challenge. I mean, the amount I learned making that challenge was uh, just incredible, right? Um, for me, um, especially because I'm a dumbass, man. I'm just kidding. Um, and that was really cool. Um, but uh, you know, and, and 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 on the other hand, you can create challenges that you already have a basis of mm-hmm. and a good example is uh the virtualization stack right so for me uh the hypervisor part was built on knowledge of you know x86 and etc et mm-hmm. i'm a big x86 yeah. uh, proponent and then diving deep into this virtualization uh, and, and truly understanding it that was uh you know that challenge i think was a lot more in depth Mm-hmm. than the crypto uh, ML. But yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm exactly the same way. I mean, that's, I, I'm a, I don't know if it's selfish because like, you know, you're thinking about just like, oh, it's, I'm learning all this stuff out of it. I don't think that's exactly why I, like the data flow machine, right? Like that was just like a, I, I don't, I still don't even know where this idea came from. It's bugging me. It's still mm-hmm. been bugging me for years. Um, but, you know, reading this paper and start digging into it, you start realizing, holy shit, this is so cool, and this is a part of computing history, and I know people don't know this, and so, like, I saw it as, like, a super cool way to teach, like, show them this other type of computation that could have happened, or, like, 
the Lisp machine was about mm-hmm. like what if Lisp machines were everywhere and so forget C. What if your yeah. effing machines were running you know Lisp and like um, and selfishly it was great because I got to learn those things yeah. right. Yeah, I got yeah. to uh, build those systems and build compilers and and really like really understand. <laughs> Like, for the stupid data flow machine, man, I mean, just like, I know this, the teams had to do of reversing it, looking at those crazy graphs and having to figure out what's going on. I did exactly the same thing, like, but I had it slightly easier because I could print out my graph, but my compiler wasn't working, like, my if statements and stuff, it was insane, like, trying to trace yeah. everything and understand why. Um, but, yeah, you learn a lot. So that's, you know, one of the benefits is you definitely learn. You can shape, I think, the CTF scene or attempt to, right, and try to say, what do you think this should be? What do you think... Are the good parts here that you want to take? Forward? What was that that tweet? Uh, is there a more iconic duo than Adam D and Weird Architectures? I know, I love it. I, I, yeah, I just that's yeah. And when we started, you were a web guy. Yeah, that's what's insane. <laughs> like I didn't do this on purpose. I didn't have this master plan to like. And I'm not even that good of a reverser. Like that's what's insane. Is like I'm getting better, but like uh, it's it's the like I don't know. Just exploring the bounds of computation kind of took me in these weird directions yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was cool that defcon a let me do that and b i think the community more or less tolerated it i think uh, yeah i think <laughs> people were, were big fans i mean you know there's always um there's always mixed responses to every challenge oh, yeah. right someone is going to uh, go down a rabbit hole yeah. and uh get upset that that the challenge didn't work out as they hoped but what was really interesting to me about the ML challenges, for example, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people kept saying, why, why ML, why ML? And then I would get these personal notes from people saying, hey, just so you know, uh, these ML challenges finally made me feel like me and my research and my interests have a place uh, in the CTF community. Uh, uh, right? yeah. And that was super cool. Um, and I think uh, there was something similar when I started uh, playing, when you started playing, like 2009 or so, fourth, right? Yeah. Uh, crypto was a category where uh, it, w- it was kind of like some mix of steganography and like like random s- s- substitution ciphers, yeah. so like comp- guessing. Um, and somewhere around 2013, maybe mm-hmm. 2014, uh, crypto as a field of CTF really developed into real. Uh, cryptographic problems, right. um, emerging uh, weaknesses, uh, you know, real crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a time probably uh, where I felt at least, uh, and probably more people felt that, that crypto as a CTF field in like 2010 was, was pointless and why even have it? Right, 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 right. And... Um, yeah, and, and probably, I, I kind of feel like we're in that maybe 2011, 2012 era of ML. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those first couple of steps. But I, I mean, I think it'll be hard to escape. That and then, like, uh, one thing that we didn't get to is uh, to really di- deep, dig deeper into, like, quantum algorithms. Right? There's been a couple of, <laughs> there have been a couple of, like, quantum challenges here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiffany had a challenge at Qualcomm. Yeah, yeah. And we were involved. We were players in that game. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We were characters. I remember reading through the code and being like, what the heck is going on? I was like, I know she asked that, but like, we are in this. And I think we were even named in functions, too. Yeah. Like, but it would have been cool to do more. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like, like uh, have... And, and this, the, the, the interesting thing, of course, is if you're not done uh, even hosting or, or helping organize CTF or writing challenges, right? You can always... Uh, you take a break for a bit, but... Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting being able to influence the direction of um, CTF. Um, there was one one CTF that uh, maybe after so in twenty twenty we introduced this concept of golf challenges, mm-hmm. right? Where the challenges basically are scored on a threshold, um, how short your payload is for a given attack or something along those lines. And that threshold starts out super low. So say you need to write, shellcode is an example, not a real example, but quarterback. Exactly. You need to write shellcode that um, uh, is, is, is three bytes long and gets you a shell or something, right? And no one can do that. And then it just slowly increases over time until the first team solves it. And so maybe it's like, you know, 10 bytes. Boom. A team solves it and it stops increasing. And now that's the difficulty level of the challenge. Um, And we introduced that concept. Then there was a CTF like six or seven months later that tweeted, hey, inspired by OO's golf, we have this category. I'm like, wow. You know, it's cool. You know, because the interesting thing I think that, that... is easy to miss because from the outside it looks like everyone in CTF has massive egos. Is that everyone in CTF and everyone, period, suffers from imposter syndrome to a major degree, right? So, you know, we're here organizing the Olympics of CTF thinking we are massive noobs. Who the hell let us do this? Well, who would care? I think people rightly pointed out some flaws that we didn't see in this golf oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. whole concept, right? Yeah. And it was just like a hey, you know, we uh yeah, it was a we thought of it, we experimented with it. Yeah. Um, so anyways. Yeah, I think the the or golf like, or the sorry, the other thing with that is uh, the the speed challenges we had mm-hmm. in uh, the speed runs, yeah. The speed runs, right? Like we probably could have scored that in a better way but hey you know what we, yeah. we did the best that we could yeah. with what we thought at the time and then that's kind of like we did it get the ideas out there see what the community thinks so that other people can iterate on it and go forward yeah 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 that's I think that's a critical thing is to get the ideas out there and not do it too badly right because right? if you really screw up an idea you can burn it and mm-hmm. I feel like I've done that before in the context of ICTF for example not to you know it, it was my fault but like um, the um, the year you mentioned where everything melted down, right? Uh, that was a very cool concept. This uh, NetFlow, well, concept that we explored again mm-hmm. um, in the Dub 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 channel, the challenge yes. at DevCon CTF this exactly. year. Um, and the concept was identifying attacks from um, whatever artifacts in at ICTF. It was PCAPs. Uh, or NetFlow information. Which I think actually then goes back to your idea about, because I think, you know, when we started playing CTFs, mm-hmm. there were forensic categories exactly, of challenges. Yeah. And it was very much, people talk about challenges being guessy now, yeah. uh, which means you have to, it's not clear what the right path is that, yeah. the, that they want you to follow, and so you just have to try a bunch of things. And if you, one of the paths forward is not in your bag of tricks of things to try, you're just not going to figure it out. Yeah. And forensics was very much like that. Like, here's just a file system. Like, oh, God, okay. So then you have to look through the file system. One file will be slightly different. Maybe that's a QCAL image. You mount that. It's another file system. Inside there, there's a BZIP. You unbzip that, and uh, the first letter of all the files in some directory, although there's an undeleted file, or a deleted file, that's right. recover. 
that inside there is a picture <coughs> that has the flag. And so it's just hard to know the right path that you're going on there. So this is actually like was a way to get forensics, which isn't important. Like that's the crazy thing is yeah. like forensic analysis is an incredibly important part of security and cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you know it's important like malware investing, like when you're doing an incidents response, trying to understand what malware did to a system, right? All these kinds of things. It's incredibly important. Yeah. But the way it had been done in the CTFs was very not fun and rewarding for a player. And so this, I think. This style of thing was an attempt to try to turn that into something that's fun, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah absolutely, absolutely. And and I think, in fact, crypto had its renaissance. Mm -hmm. I think forensics never was really a little, yeah, yeah, it never quite had that. I think it could. One one of the things that we had brainstormed, right? So ASU, uh, we're, we're both professors. For those that don't know, that's Arizona, uh, not like I don't know what other A's are there. Arizona State University. There's yeah. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas. Man, you really know your, your state. Um, you know, I, I had, there's like the chant that you learned in middle school. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Oh, really? Those are the A's. That's the start oh, of it. <laughs> that's how I knew it, man. That's how like, I memorized state names. <laughs> but I do it with that song. I did sit down and write out all the states I knew as a dare once. I, I, I only got 49. Failed. Wow. You know which one impressive. I missed? Uh, Delaware. No, I got that. You guess no. Arizona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then Nebraska. Oh, felt. Uh, but I and like now I have friends in Nebraska. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, Arizona State University has a bunch of uh, cybersecurity classes. Mm -hmm. Like like we have the you know crazy hacking courses. We have vulnerability research for like finding the bugs. We have. Yep. Um, crypto, et cetera, et cetera. We have a forensics course. Mm -hmm. And it would be very cool to um, use that to create like a, a new style of like forensics challenge that, that has, is guided, but at the same time, it's guided like a ponable is guided right. in that right. there is a bug that you can find and there's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but at the same time, really tries to flex those forensics muscles. Yeah. Um, it's not something that I've seen a lot. Uh, there, there have been. I mean, there, there, there are good friends. Chicken and the egg problem, like you said, with yeah. the ML people, right? It's like the best. Right. people who do forensics. Probably, if they do a CTF, they're like, "What is this?" Like, yeah. you know, there's no chat. They can't. There's not their challenge exactly. that exercises their skills, exactly. right? So, I and think that's part exactly. of it. And then there's nobody in the community who wants to then develop a forensics style of because that no one likes exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing. And I, again, I, I wonder how crypto kind of burst past it. I think part of it is uh, Hellman and, and uh, you know, uh, LCDC. Um, yeah, or like what Orange did with web yeah. challenges. Right? Yeah. Of like, I remember the first time I saw one of Orange's challenges that had source code. It like blew my mind. Yeah. Because it used to be that's you just web challenges were. You had access to the website, and then you just keep, you test every parameter with every possible thing, and you try to find something, and then maybe there were a few more steps after that, but that's what a web challenge was. Yeah. And then, so even thinking about it in a different way, we're like, no, what if we gave you the source code, and you still had to find the bug? It was like, mind blown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's the, the key thing is that you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Maybe it's, you need an audience. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where doing it in the context of the class 
developing like a it's niche. Like a forced you audience. have a forced audience. Yeah, that's how, uh, that, that is true. Yeah, that yeah. that's how Poem College arose, right? You had a and captive audience and was refined and was refined uh, on this captive audience yeah. <laughs> over and over and over. Um, yeah, yeah, it's an it's an interesting. Um, okay, so what are other reasons that people should be hosting DefCon? I mean, I think honestly, one of the reasons that speaks to me as an academic is. And I think it goes beyond that, but I think academics do this as well. Of they consider it like service. You know, we have mm-hmm. part of our job where we're doing service for the community, and not like community service, but like service in the sense of um, serving on a program committee of conferences. Right? We submit papers to conference. Every time you submit a paper, it gets anywhere from two to five reviews. Yeah. Right. So every time you submit a paper. At the worst case, five people had to do work, read yeah. that paper, write a review. And so by um, serving on these program committees, you then read papers. And you may read five to 20 papers yeah. for a conference. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you can see it as a way of giving back. And I honestly think that actually drove our decision making when we, yeah. were, when we were thinking about yeah. applying, right? Part of the way that you convinced me was like, you know, it's our time. Like, we've... We've been playing in DEF CON CTF since 2008. Like, now, it, you know, this should be our time to, to give back to the community, right? Because, some, you know, somebody got to host it, right? Yeah. Do we really want this thing to die? No. But. Yeah, when, when uh, LegitBS retired, I was talking to one of the previous organizers, and I was like, you know, should I really submit a proposal? They said, yeah. We need somebody who loves this game exactly. to keep it going, right? Um, and then I think it's very easy for these things to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think there, there are cases uh, where, you know, organizers tire out. They try to pass on the baton, but no one is there. And, mm-hmm. and it just, it goes away. Right. Um, I think sometimes people can keep going. Right? ICTF has been going. But if you think about ICTF the graduate students in the lab cycle out. It's it's the people that hosted ICTF. When we were hosting ICTF, they're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a new new generation, and that's great because they have energy. Wait, are you saying it's just not Giovanni just doing it? By Writing every challenge. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, so, it's important to, you know, tackle this challenge for the good of the community, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you love the, the CTF community, you like playing CTFs, you like a um, coherent CTF scene, not just a collection of events, but right. but, but an actual story arc. That, yeah, like that, how people talk about like a season, like yeah. a sports, you know, a season, and that's actually how people think about CTFs, is it ends with DEF CON CTF, yeah. and that's the end of the season. And then after there, you gear up and you start playing more CTFs. Yeah. For the next season. Yep, exactly. And so, you know, someone has to do that. And it's, it's, it's awesome. That's one, you know, one reason to do it. That, but that's not like a, a, a reward. I mean, you know, there's a lot of... I, I, was, I was so touched. And I'm, I'm upset. The that, reward is being the person to step up and do it. Yeah, I think that exactly. there, there is a good feeling there about knowing that, hey, I gave back to the community. Like, now we can look back and say, hey... You know, we gave four years. It wasn't perfect, but we yeah. we did everything we could to make the best game that we possibly could. Yeah. And, you know, we're proud of it. And so now it's somebody else's turn to, to um, do that. Yeah, so, so many people 
last uh, this this past um, DefCon uh, month and a half ago, like came up to me like it's artist, and, and it's just you know what 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 is subtle and and super important is organizers are um, neutral, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I never realized the value of that when I was the captain of shellfish mm-hmm. I would show up and I you know uh, you can be and should be friendly with everybody and, sure. and hang out at the DEFCON after party and and, uh, and party with, with all of the other teams but there was always I don't know it's all your shellfish and they are some other team right or whatever um, but as the organizers all the teams are suddenly equal right and that means that you can actually, especially after DEFCON, where there aren't any secrets to keep, especially when you're just retired as an organizer. That's great. It's just everybody suddenly your people, right? Mm-hmm. They're our players. Yeah. And um, some of them, I mean, the crazy thing is the young players only played in our DEFCON yeah. games, which is yeah. insane to think about. <laughs> yeah, that was, to me, the... I mean, I, I would say that... More than the prestige, more than whatever, made those four years worth it. Um, realizing that this entire room of people are now kind of on, on um, we have a special connection to them that is not a somehow lesser than the connection to you know some other team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. We're all uh, equal capacity to be friends with with, with all the um, players which is awesome right um, yeah that was that was super cool um, and it's something that I'm really bummed that um, two factors took uh, away from us in prior years one was just just in our first year for example complete sleep deprivation I think we slept uh, almost, almost not at all the entire CTM this year it wasn't so you know easy either I think I slept something like eight hours the entire, you know, from Thursday to Sunday. And, and, and you probably had something very similar. It's the same. But um, uh, our first year was even worse, right? It was like zero. Yeah. And I hate uh, to think about it, man. But yeah, I think it was from Thursday morning to Saturday morning, I didn't sleep. Yeah. And that was the first year. I remember because on, I think, Saturday during, at Saturday morning, you went to finally sleep and the moment you got to the room I had to call you back it was so bad and that's when our hotel was in the Flamingo it was all the way across yeah, the street yeah it was like a 20 minute I, had to, I just God, I tried to give him the SQL commands <laughs> to execute over the phone it did not work or the Docker command yeah. and then so I had to get up and go back it did not work yeah, but um, but yeah and then of course the pandemic right so we, we tried um, in 2020 right we hosted a a Zoom meeting for the after party, and that was fun uh, to chat with people, um, but it wasn't the same, right? No, but, you know the the after parties, those just being able to to chat, to to do some speed mentoring, you know, because a lot of these super good hackers are super early in their their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are, I don't know, not done with college some of them uh, aren't even starting college yet you know and and they have all these questions that uh, we can 
you know, help give a different perspective as old farts. Yeah. And I think it really comes, I mean, honestly, the, the theme that I'm saying from everything that you're saying right now is it's like one of the either, I don't know if it's a benefit, maybe it's a prerequisite or maybe it's a driver for why would you would want to host is that like you said, you love CTF, right? And so all those things are part of it, right? You love being around other people that love CTFs. And that was the, the thing that I definitely felt just being there with people yeah. and uh, getting to talk to them and like, uh, yeah, it's just like you feed off their, their energy and their like drive and like talking about challenges and what their favorite ones were. Yeah. And like that stuff was awesome. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, that was super cool. I mean, even just, um, wandering around and asking people like, what was your hyperal exploit? Right, and then they they dive in. Oh, it was so cool! Like rewrote Python's accept hook yeah, to insane. like you know immediately eat out the flag. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, someone made the flag pop up somehow in the on on the web page uh, properly. It, it was it was like yeah. like uh, all the way back to my dub 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 challenge, the uh, web browser. Yeah. Where you had to, you had to pop up the flag because the terminal window was uh, obscured by something else. If you tried to print out the flag, you wouldn't be able to read it. And I remember, like it was December that I was working on this problem, and I thought I did freaking everything. And it's this insane part of challenge design where you're you invested so much time into it. You're at the end, and then boom, you hit this thing that you never thought of, and you're like. How in the world yeah. am I gonna pop up this flag? And I, I sure I called you and like we talked about it and I was like, I wonder because it was a next step operating system. I was like, I wonder if they have the open, uh, you know, command mm-hmm. which Mac has to just open a file and it uses whatever program by default. Yep. And yeah, I could just open flag and it would pop up a Notepad or whatever the the Mac equivalent yep. was and show me the flag. It was amazing. Like, yep. anyways, no, it's it's fun. I mean, and honestly, like these wacky things that happen when you're developing challenges like uh, Kral's challenge from our first calls where we wrote these insane shell scripts to implement a queue system that oh, shunted that people four servers around the world that was, that was absolutely amazing. insane and running off a laptop that was just sitting somewhere in the house yeah. we were in yeah, that, that's right yeah. and that you only yeah you let them have access but if they ever crashed it they just were just done and yeah. never try again you get you get one shot if you bring down the laptop it's over hammer band yeah that was uh that was that was pretty wild um yeah it's you know it's it's like you said it's love for the community and it's um uh, a certain love for mentorship really helps mm-hmm. because you do get an opportunity to influence people directly um face to face in the after party or whatever or through challenges um and creating these challenges as a form of mentorship uh when orange started you know creating this style of web challenges he mentored the entire community in challenge design and uh you know the web people in in what modern web security looked like right, right super right. super cool um or maybe just like modern web application exploitation like that right. yeah. um yeah so it's it's worth it and i think that when the call comes out 
I, I hope to see a lot of people um, uh, going for it. Which is great and leads us to our next topic. So uh, I think we've already taken some steps to help future organizers. Uh, one of the big ones we did is release the proposal that we wrote. So you yeah, can actually yeah. see the actual order of the overflow quote. I um, appreciated that people actually read it and uh, you know saw it like most of the stuff was out there on their philosophy page yeah. but a lot of it um, wasn't and kind of had crazy ideas that we never were able to do like the dunk tank which <laughs> I, uh, I'll have to find I have the COVID year we also had an idea to do virtual dunk tanks where, and also do head to head hacking so you'd have two people inside of like a game environment where you're looking at your laptop on a dunk tank and then you have to hack through a terminal that's on your screen and the first one to hack the challenge would make the other person dunk. That was what we wanted to do, but uh, we realized, I realized fairly quickly after a couple of weeks of work on this, that fucking web pro- uh, game programming is hard yeah. AF. And yeah. so I uh, abandoned that. Do you remember when I wanted to do VR dunk tanks? Yeah, it was fucking insane. It was all insane. Uh, that's a, you need like a team to do that. So uh, anyways, um, so we've done that. There's some things we're still... Uh, waiting to do, mainly just, honestly, time reasons. One of the things I really want to do is release um, the infrastructure that we yep, wrote yeah. to run this, the finals game. Uh, I think, you know, I've done, this is like, I think my, my second or third iteration. I mean, I did two or three of the ICTF things, and so this was kind of like the culmination of that. Um, so there's, I think, a lot of cool stuff in there that people can run with and use as a base for their final CTF. But I think the you know the, so what other what advice do you have for a um, you know a, a, the teams like how can you how can you either best prime them for success for their proposal for their teaming yeah. to be successful? When the, this was something that you had actually told me um, on uh, sleep deprived the uh, insanity. So I probably don't remember. Yeah, either during or shortly after uh, DefCon this year. Um, openness and friendliness to the teams and respect for the players there's a very strong um kind of a pull to be like you know hey you're elite this is an elite competition you gotta be elite and if you can't understand what the challenge wants you to do you gotta hack harder and you know and that's and i think exactly and i think that we went through our own evolution through that right like we went our first year when we were developing these challenges, yep. right, for quals and finals, we would have discussions and we'd be like, okay, should we do it like this way or this way? And we're like, well, are these the best hackers in the world yeah. or are they not, right? And you'd say, okay, so you always choose the harder route. And then that, you know, you end up making decisions that impact the fun of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to forget that like, hey, yes, you want a, you want a difficult game, like for sure, it's, it's the Olympics of hacking, right? You need something that's difficult, but you can, and you need something that's fair. That's the other thing I think. We came in realizing fairness is really important. We don't want to, especially because we have ties to shellfish, we don't want to privilege yep. shellfish over other teams. Yep. In fact, I uh, one of the reasons I went head into ML, especially the first year, is because I was terrified that the challenge, the types of challenges I would yes. write would exactly. be approachable by my yeah, uh, yeah. teammates on shelf. Exactly. We know, know you so well, right? Yeah. We thought for sure they would have a huge advantage, and yeah. so we tried everything we could. So by being... So in some ways, right, by we instituted policies to say, like, no hints. Yeah. Right? Once a challenge is solved, no hints. Because... And it makes sense from a fairness perspective. Yeah. Because that team that solved it had the same information as all the other teams after them. And so if you release hints... 
then maybe if you had released that hint, that team that did it first would have done it even faster and could move on to a different challenge, right? So we had this mentality and this mindset of, uh, you know, these are the are these the best hackers in the world or not? And they are the best hackers in the world. And yeah. this kind of culminated for me, I think, in um, in 2020 when we had the COVID year, and it definitely was not helped by you know COVID and only interacting with teams over text and through our ticket system, because they would. Um, you know, some of our challenges are kind of weird, and so patching them, you'd have to like yeah. make a tarball, and it had to be in a certain format. Yeah. And we didn't actually have checks to see if it was in the right format. So there'd be a scenario where you're patching something, you submit it, it gets accepted, but your patch file is actually in the wrong place, so it doesn't get applied, and you don't really know why, and it's yep. very confusing or, and frustrating for teams. Or we don't check for something basic, and then a weird thing yes. fails later, and the patch gets rejected for a reason that's misleading. Yes, the reason that it gives is misleading, yeah. and and in in you know, and it does make sense in terms of fairness to not give any hints, yes. right? Because why it's failing, but exactly yeah. because there there is like so then it, it incentivizes a team to just keep asking questions every time they run into a yeah. problem and never look at their own stuff, yeah. right? And second, it may unfairly benefit English speaking teams yeah. that can, you know, easily phrase and ask a question versus teams that don't have English as their first yeah. language. Um, so, you know, we, we kept to that policy, but it just made for a bad game. And it like, at the end, it's like, man, is it really effing fun to like not patch something because of something yeah. effing stupid? Like yeah. we, we kind of failed to, to realize and put ourselves in their shoes of like how frustrating that is. Yeah. And, and even though we've been there, even, that's not we've definitely been there. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, kind of at the end, what I realized, what Jan said after those, after the end of those four years was like, Hey, um, you know, I think oh, being transparent, being open and being friendly is actually okay. And is not at odds with fairness. Yeah. Particularly, I think if you do friendly with open and transparency, you have a good mix there. Right. Especially if like, you know, if a team, and this is something we, we try to do really hard. If a team asks us a question and we answered it to them privately, we would relay that publicly. And you can even do this in your game system yeah. by having your ticket system actually be open, yeah. right? Yeah. Or what happened, I think, really good this last year was we used Discord and we had a captains-only channel, yeah. which we didn't have before. And so there, when teams asked a question there, we could answer it and we knew that answer would go to everyone yeah. and we didn't have to worry about it, so... Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I kind of really forgot about that. I've really yeah. changed my thinking of the game. Well, and, and, and it, it has effects on the game. It has effects on the players. And it has effects on the organizers. Yes, in the and your mentality. It, and your mentality. And, and, and if our first year, we mixed <laughs> two <laughs> concepts. Exactly. Because yeah, the yeah, theme yeah. Was, was 1984. The right? theme of DEF CON itself. It was, not, it was not our theme. Right. We did not choose it. The theme of DEF CON, the conference, yeah. was 1985, the year after 1984. No, 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 1983. It was the yeah. year before so it's, it's, it's trending toward 1984, yeah. and so... The start of the authoritarian government. Exactly, and so the order of the overflow, the reason we have this logo... Yeah, 100%. Right, is, is Illuminati-inspired. Yeah, so this, this is exactly... I had the meetings with the design people, and I'm like, we're going for the 1983 theme, like 1984, we want to... We, and we actually already had the order of the overflow yeah. idea, but that was like a, we're like, we want this to be an oppressive bureaucratic yeah. regime. And like, that's how we got this design. And yeah. we, yeah. you know, we also wanted a design that we could um, theme every year with different colors or what that current year's theme was, but we wanted a standard kind of theme. And that's what took us there. And we leaned really heavily into that. And we leaned into it so much that <laughs> yes. we started being oppressive 
in person with the with the yes. players when yes. when our infrastructure was getting overwhelmed by some challenge. I remember walking around and like you know almost yelling at people, um, and that's not fun to the players, and it makes you feel like hosting the CTF is 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 a a chore. It's like yeah. a, you know I gotta slap these kids around again sort of thing you know and it set us off on a horrible foot for the rest of the you know yeah. and the next year when we even changed things yeah. and, and did it people didn't quite catch up yes exactly yeah. Yeah. that we were no and longer I think, and like we had all those obey things yeah. during the yeah. Uh, yeah. you know during the first year that we did really ingest into like go hard into the yeah. theme yeah. but and I and I remember standing there and kind of seeing the little like fear in the yeah. team's eyes yeah. and at the time thinking that was cool but looking back it's like no we should have just been like at the start at the captain's meeting we should have been like guys we're doing a bit this is yeah, a, yeah, this yeah, order yeah. of the overflow of plus the regime is a bit we want to have a great game yeah. we kind of have no idea what we're doing we probably wouldn't have said that but like yeah. we're uh, completely overwhelmed we're trying to do the best that we can yeah we ask for your forgiveness please and we're going to try to do the absolute best that we can yeah and i think like you said it started off us off on this weird direction that's yeah. like you know, also really weird because we're not, we can't maintain that because that's not our persona. No, that's not reality. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, when we, we finally kind of cleaned up that image, let's yeah. say, um, in the COVID year and, yeah. and beyond. Um, and uh, last year, there was very kind of, uh, you know, friendly and everything uh, with the teams. And that as I said, is, is, you know, when you're at that team meeting and, and you're, you know, everyone is your players. You yeah, know? That's, exactly. That's exactly. the cool thing. And, and that's what Rather we, than an us versus them, it should exactly. have been an us mentality. I think that, more than the sleep deprivation, is why the first year didn't quite, um, yeah. we didn't quite hit that note. At the end. On the other hand, we hit the note of, of holy shit, we survived. Yeah. <laughs> there's this really euphoria happy. for uh, a month or so. Um... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's very s- important how you position yourself mm-hmm. relative to your community. Um, it's definitely something we didn't think enough about. I yeah, think. and that's that's you know I think a very important advice for for the next uh, organizers. Um, that and you know there's this very subtle mix of having to reinvent the wheel, but also you shouldn't reinvent the wheel. But like we, um, Adam mentioned, he had written several iterations of the ICTF framework, right? So, so you uh, uh, went and um, looked at that. We all looked at it for DEF CON and then we decided, okay, but you know, this is a framework that Shellfish is extremely familiar with. And there was an open source version, but it's drifted yeah, since then. Exactly. It's not open source. And, and we, we can't take something that some team knows better than another team. So we wrote it from scratch. Right? Yeah. That's an enormous I mean, it, was a fair, it was a fairness issue. Yeah. Right? It was like, a, hey, is it really fair if, yeah, what if there's some bug that only Shellfish knows exactly. about and they use that to get first place and we maybe don't even know. Yeah. Uh, turns out they got last place that year, but uh, maybe it's because of the shitty infrastructure. I don't know, but but yeah, like that year, I didn't have, I didn't write any finals challenges because yep. I was only All building that infrastructure. Yeah, and that's a, that's a lot of work, and so I don't know how to avoid that. Um, I think I have an idea. I think with the team, what I've been thinking about is actually um, our conversation last year with AOE after they won, right? 
and um, and not so I think one of the things that we had uh, not going for us was the size of our team. Mm-hmm. So I think because we didn't want to gut shellfish, right? Mm-hmm. It was you, me, Jeff, kind of as the core, and then we pulled in some people that we knew as like the kind of OG retired shellfish people, and you know I think Sean and or Odo was like a key, absolutely key yeah. acquisition. Yeah. And I'll talk about him in a second, but like. A, I think we didn't have a big enough team, right? I think we should probably look at it. We probably grew from, what, 8 to 12 to 14 or 15? I think I don't we know had almost we 20 with, people at the end. Yeah, and it, it was absolutely freaking yeah. necessary. And I still feel like it's hard to, you know, you get into problems of managing yeah. that size of big a people. Teams are, but, you know, looking back, if we had just taken Shellfish out, right, and just said, Shellfish now hosts, yeah. we are Order of the Overflow. Yeah. We could have had access to 20, 25 people from the start. Yeah. We, you know, I think we would have personally felt less overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I, I think, you know, consider the size of your team and the request for, yeah. you know, in, of what you're signing up for. I think that's something we definitely did not think about. Um, especially, and be honest about how much time you think you can actually devote to it. I think that's the other, other thing that goes along there. And then the other thing that why I brought in AOE, not because of their team size. So I'm not saying you need to... 80 or 90 person team, uh, whatever they, they end up having. Cause I don't think that's true. Right. But I do, um, I think what they did and what we didn't do enough of is having people dedicated yeah. devs and ops people Yeah, that yeah. we had a few, I mean, Odo, which we will try to get on for a uh, podcast. He's very video and podcast shy. Maybe we'll do like a voice changer thing yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. That will be um, awesome. And, like uh, the um, the Finance Fisher interview. Yes, where exactly. Mop it with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe we can do one of those like anime things where they do yeah, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the VTuber. Um, yeah, exactly. So anyways, the um, but the point is, I think, and that's what we learned with the AOE thing, is they had a dedicated, you know, that the year, the first year that they won in, in uh, 2020 is when we introduced this idea of stealth ports. Yep. And they had, they didn't need to tell their team what what port to go for yeah, or yeah. having to change the thing they had one configuration switch they could just change and yeah. everybody would now go stealth or everybody would now go normal yeah and, and like that was through ops and networking and building and yeah. we didn't have a, a big enough part of that team that was just dedicated for sure yeah i mean initially it was just odo and then like you said that finals it was okay shit <laughs> there needs to be more than just odo because because he, he handled all of the like uh, physical and 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 uh, network level infrastructure and the compute substrate, mm-hmm. but there needed to uh, be a lot of services that ran on that and then yeah, the, the game together. stuff and then you need you need somebody that understands the services too to work yeah, with yeah. and when people need to do non standard stuff that yeah. doesn't fit your model how do you support that um, how do you yeah. have crazy Xboxes there's all kinds of insanity like. Yeah, there, there was stuff, you know, the last year that we wanted to do to our finals infrastructure, and we had some cool ideas of how to improve it in different ways, or, oh, God, I don't want to talk about it now, but the fucking, like, um, you kept hounding me to do the do the thing so that the game state JSON would never leak, never possibly leak, and I just didn't do it because I was developing a challenge, yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, develop, writing the challenge was cooler than working on the infrastructure stuff. Yeah. No, it's, it, that, that's super tricky to... to balance and if we had started out with 20 people and grew to 28 yes you know that that would have uh, especially if like five of those people yeah. was just dedicated to yeah. dev and infrastructure yeah but like you said there it, it was it was very hard 
not to gut shellfish irreparably. Yeah. And even though, actually, I don't know if you know this, uh, Giovanni called me and said, are you insane? You're going to destroy your career, you know, early in blah, 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 if you're going to host this thing. And when I said, no, Giovanni, you got to do it. Yeah. It's like, okay, but, you know, don't go off alone. Take shellfish. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't bring myself to... to no, to I don't do think it. fish would have forgiven us. So yeah, yeah. But um, this is, a, I think, another piece of advice is what we did very well is we reached out to Slipper. Yes. Right? From uh, Oops, and he was instrumental he was like a, a, a core instrumental member of, uh, in terms of coming up with these tough as nails, super like, you know, uh, one year he had the, the whole like, uh, he had his own virtualization series yep. uh, single-handedly. One year he uh, had a, you know, blockchain crazy mining challenge that we spent, I think, $8,000 of AWS credit on um, and so on. And, and that's super critical um, that, that his role was super critical and we reached out through the community mm-hmm. because we knew him he had you know etc and and everyone in the ctf community more or less has ties to other people in the ctf community um and exploring those not being afraid to kind of cross team boundaries yes to create a solid I, group for organizing exactly i think you need a core of people that you know and trust right and then but i think yeah, reaching out. I mean, honestly, I could see a future organizers being built from kind of like a super team, yeah. like three or four people from different teams that know each yeah. other through CTFs. I think they could probably create a great freaking uh, yeah. uh, team. The other thing is uh, when we started organizing, of course, Legit BS said, hey, if we can help, let us know. Um, and it's, it's not even that we consciously decided not to take them up on it. It's just easy to drop drop the ball. Yeah, Yeah. we just never did. It's the dumbest thing we've ever done. Especially in terms of understanding how DEF CON the conference operates, stuff like that. So so when we say, hey, we're going to help the next organizers, that's a a very important thing to take. It's uh, a promise. It's not a suggestion. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I think um, especially the logistical things... um, even possibly the infrastructure things, yeah. right? Like, um, which which would force, I think, many of us not to play. But I think that's that's even worth it for. And for we even have a yeah. contingent of two to three people who were very upset. Or, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. They would have loved to have kept hosting. Yeah, right. Yeah, and many of them were our new people that we brought in, in the last year yeah. or two who didn't have the four year drag on them yeah. to be yeah. like yeah. we're freaking done. Uh, and I, they, I think they, they, they understood, they understood it by the end of the last one. Because, <laughs> and then we're like, we went through that four times. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I think to the future organizers, right, we'd be happy to connect you with, that is a suggestion. If you want that, we're happy to connect you with those people. We'll probably offer it uh, if they want to, of course. And then that'd be somebody to tap into. For a small finder's team. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but, but, yeah, and, like, like, we will help you, like, navigate the conference like we have uh, we have event coordinators and people who understand how to work with that process and understand we have checklists of things that made they made sure that they did like Jan said we can be available um, 
just as like a brain dump. We can available for multiple meetings. Like, hey, did you remember to do this? Did you remember to do this? Like, um, and we can keep it at a logistical high level so that we can still play. Yeah. Uh, we maybe be. I'm very much looking forward to play, but you know, if the team is really in need and wants like a I don't know, advisory board or something like that, we'd be happy to actually be more involved and not play for a year to help ensure a smooth transition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's it's I think we should yeah, we need to I mean this is what we're trying to do right here, right? Is to help demystify uh, what hosting DEFCON yeah, CTF is like sure. so that more people are interested in doing it. Yeah. I think what what an idea that we should think about is doing an episode live mm-hmm. where people can drop in and chat about questions and answers about organizing. I think that would be good. Um, on that note, let's talk about CTF Radio. Yeah. So obviously, as you know, we discussed, um, DEFCON eliminates our springs, eliminates our summers, or yeah. eliminated. And of course, uh, many things suffer, including CTF Radio. So we had the season two premiere when? Like February? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was after, no, it was after you got vaccinated, I think. It was probably that's like right. March. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So early March was the season two premiere. And, and then long quarantine here. Man. That's right. Yeah. And then right away, the, the crunch really crunched for DEF CON. Yeah. For, so, for quals. For quals. And, and you we, tried to create a, an episode right after Quals. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, infamous lost episode. Of never, CTF Radio. Probably never be seen again, but we literally, I brought all the recording equipment to the Quals house. Yeah, so uh, all the vaccinated uh, individuals on OO flew in um, to uh, have a, an in-person, um, host in-person Quals. That's very important. It is so for, difficult to do it remotely, yeah. is what we found. We had a case where... One of our fantastic people uh, fell asleep uh, cradling a, um, a, a giant pepper pillow, and we had problems with their challenge, and we kept calling them, and we could not get a hold of them. Like, That's amazing. It was very different than when um, you're all in a house together, like all the previous years, and you could just go shake somebody yeah. awake when you needed them. Um, so, Who yeah. the fuck is Pistachio? I was just thinking that. I was setting you up for that. That was it. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, where were we talking? What were we talking? Uh, CTF Radio. So, oh, the, the, the lost episode. episode. That's so, right. So, we were, we were, it was so right we, after Qualls. Right after Qualls. We did Qualls. I thought that Qualls went great. I mean, yeah. um, yeah. I but thought it, was, it, it was still very tiring. Yeah, a lot of lost sleep. Uh, yeah, I got canceled a little bit, but we don't have to talk about that yeah. here. We'll uh, spicy mention that and, uh. And go on sleep deprivation plus fees. No, so what are you gonna do? And uh, anyways, so by the end, right, we're all tired and we're like, all right, guys, we're gonna record this episode because we really liked what we did the previous, like the first season of CTF Radio when we got to interview each of the people, talk about their challenges. And so I set up the whole thing, got the camera up, got the microphone in omnidirectional mode to record that sound, and we started going and like it was going and people were talking and they were introducing themselves. And I remember kind of like nodding my head a little bit, like checking the watch, being like, how much freaking longer is this thing going to be? And then like at a certain point in it, I just had to be like, and like somebody was rambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I like looked around and saw all these like dead eye stares. And I think at one point I just had to be like, all right, we should just stop. Like we got to stop, right? We were doing, I think we did it for like a 45 minutes or an hour. No, 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 it was, it was over an hour. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. It was just like, and, and people would start... <laughs> rambling like you know 
And, you know, why don't you uh, real quick introduce yourself? Well, I was born in a uh, hut. And, yeah, I did that, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I think, and, and you know, and, and, and the hilarious thing is, obviously, we've introduced ourselves a million yeah. times, and it's like, oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was a disastrous episode. But, um, but it's just been too busy, yeah. right? So immediately after Qualls, we had to dive right into finals, right? Because it, it, it wasn't just we were back in person. It wasn't just that, hey, we really have to get this right for our last year. It was also we have to host an in-person and online finals. Oh that my God, works yeah, in a hybrid was, mode. Uh, oh, man, with half of our team remote. Yeah, that was actually a crazy thing. It was yeah. actually more difficult than yeah. the COVID year and more difficult than an in-person yeah. year because yeah. you had to do both. And it just, like... It was brutal. It, it added so much, like... You know, with the team, our team being remote, right? Yeah. It's harder to ask somebody to quickly do something because they're on Zoom or they're on a different time zone and not there. And so you just have to do the stuff. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And so that um, was a, uh, a, a that, that eliminated CTF radio. And then, of course, immediately uh, yeah. the semester starts. And then yeah. uh, my daughter brings back uh, some brutal oh, cold from daycare, lays me out for like... Three yeah, weeks. We've had a CTF radio on our calendar yeah. for like five weeks now. Yeah, and every week it's like, okay, okay, I'm just too crazy with the semester. It's like, okay, okay, I can't actually get out of bed because I feel like... Yeah, and he calls me, he's like, Adam, I'm sorry, I just taught a class and lost my voice. Exactly. But we're back. Now we're back. Boom. So do you want to talk about the goal of what we want to do going forward or yeah to... I think it, it'd be good to cover so this is season 2 episode 2 yeah what's episode 3, 4, 5 going to be like yeah our big goal I mean we want to continue on this theme one of the things we really care about is that baton passing yeah. from us to the next organizers so um, what we're going to try to be doing is reaching out to prior organizers bring them into CTF radio interview them learn about their experiences so we can see from their perspective uh, how they appro uh, approached hosting, how it went, what kinds of uh, tips and tricks, you know, the things we should have done before we did it, but now we know that we should have. Um, and so I think that'll be, um, that'll be great. I think that's what we'll promise for now. We'll try to, you know, record some other episodes. I think now that we're kind of free agents, it gives it a super cool opportunity Absolutely. to um, talk to and interview, you know, Talk to different teams. Talk to different uh, people. Uh, I would love if anyone's out there listening when uh, things, you know, when we start having in-person CTFs, we would love to do like a live CTF radio walk during a CTF. Yes. We can interview the teams, yeah. interview some of the players. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, especially like you said, um, as neutral players, even if we, I hope that even if he's Play I've been playing, man. I've been getting and some yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. I've been uh, um, catching up on parenting. Yeah, man. You do that. <laughs> Not just that. You catch up on your, your immune yeah. system, yeah. man. You've been uh, sick for like... I'm giving up on that thing. That's it. No, so um, I think hopefully at this point we have a proven track record of being able to switch into the neutral party yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah. and, and, and it would be very cool while a CTF is going on oh. to be able to talk to people about things like during what are they thinking right now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, uh, that would not be relevant after the CTF. Oh. Um, 
and then compare, you know, I think it would be very interesting to see that whole um, life cycle of that thought process. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. He's never told me that idea. Before, yeah, so. I just came up with it. Well, well. So, anyways, it would be also very cool to see. Uh, oh, we have some, yeah, sorry, we have some uh, feedback from listeners as well that have sent us, uh, yeah. I think after the season two yeah. premiere, the season one finale, I can't remember which. Yeah. But we do have some great ideas, but we'll get to them and uh, start recording some episodes, you know, now that we... Absolutely. I think the key thing, the other thing, professional editing. Oh, yeah. So this episode is going to get edited by someone other than Adam. And I'm in fact... I'm doing zero editing, but sure. Uh, sure. Or, or that. <laughs> in fact, the next thing I say, I'm going to say backwards, it'll be edited to make me speak backwards. No. Why? What? Say um what? No. <laughs> That's a what? Sorry. That was yes backwards. Okay. What? What? I don't know what's going on here. He's gone up the deep. All right. Like, All right. I think. I think right. this is I it. Think I think this is where we get dragged end. off, yes, like with exactly. the, the big. Uh, like the DT yeah. should have done with you at the closing ceremony. That's right. You were freaking in your insane. Oh my record. god. Yeah, that's <sighs> amazing. You know what's on, on YouTube now. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I sent it to you. It was oh, amazing. Right. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. This is I sent it to Brooke because I gave yeah. her a shout out. <laughs> Eight uh, freaking hours oh, across man. like four days of sleep. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it can't get to you. And yet, me sitting in that audience, the like high of being done was yeah. so high and yeah. it was so great. Was, oh, I remember God. looking over at the teammates and some of the newer yeah. ones who hadn't gotten through it were just like, like dying. <laughs> like right. one had his. Uh, his uh, sweatshirt around and was putting like, <laughs> the hood yeah. over his face. Like it was, I look over, it's like it's a vomit bag. Like he's Amazing. vomiting on a plane, but into his Amazing. hoodie. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, you sweet, sweet summer child. This wasn't yeah. even the worst one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. It, it, it finished on such a high. Everything like, you know, ah, oh, that was awesome. Ugh, crazy. Great stuff. Cool. Well, Thank you all for listening. I know this has been a bit of a ramble, but we needed to get the ramble out of our systems. Yep. Are we outroing? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I will read the outro. Uh, so thanks for joining us today, everyone. I'm Adam D, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Dupay. He's Zardis. You can find him on Twitter at Zardis. Together, we are CTF Radio. You can find us online on YouTube and Twitter at CTF Radio OOO. Uh, you can send your questions through email, ctfradioo at gmail.com, three O's. And who knows, your questions may end up on a future episode of CTF Radio. Take care and happy hacking.